Depression, depression, depression. Hey, who is depressed? Hey, depression, depression, depression. What about who is depressed? Hey, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree and Hill. I'm your host, uh, two-time wrestling champ, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Uh, shout out to everybody who's depressed out there, all the depressed people who aren't working, who, uh, this is for my people working at the airport that got laid off. I take my shades off. A quote from Andre 3000. We're at week 10. We're week 10 of a pandemic. America, we've been hit by it. We've been hit pretty hard. At all the countries in the world, we're getting hit by it. A lot of theories, a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Uh, I think it, start, it starts hitting you harder now when you're confined to your own home. And that's really for safety precautions. You know what I mean? Safety precautions. I've been, uh, you know, going to the grocery store when I can. I try to go at like 7 a.m. I know they don't freaking wash the groceries or clean the floor. I got a cousin that works at Walmart, and he goes, we don't clean freaking nothing. They don't leave, you know. And it's it's a different type of depression when, you know, I think it's a a depression, but at the same time, it's, it's happiness. The happiness is, yes, you get a break from life, and you get a break to reflect. The depression happens. I'm speaking to a lot of my friends. They're depressed because a lot of people don't like being alone with themselves. And uh, this is what this whole podcast is about. It's, uh, I'll say the highs and lows. The highs of this pandemic is, is I'm, I'm freaking well-rested. I, uh, I'm, my work schedule's better. Uh, it's, it's freaking, you know, I appreciate that, you know. Uh, I have a job. It's great. You know, I'm going to talk now the lows, the depressive part happens when you see that the people are dying. Rest in peace to uh, Stan, Stan Stevenson. If you don't know, Stan Stevenson was my best friend. Stephen Henderson's dad, Stephen Henderson, is one of my, I met Steve when I was in college. Steve is probably, (sighs) I've been knowing Steve maybe. 2006. Today's this is 2020. So I've known Steve Stephen for over, for over 14 years. 14 years. I remember when we first met each other. He was from New York. I was I was moving from the Netherlands to North Carolina, and he walks up and uh, his dad goes, hey, well, "You you go to this college?" I said, like, "Yeah." He goes, "So does my son Stephen." My son, yeah. Y'all gotta meet. Y'all meet each other. Look out for each other. And then were, then the rest was history. It was just like. You know, Steve is running track at East Carolina. He didn't really take showers like that, but he learned how to bathe. He had these big crunchy teeth. These uh, he didn't get braces, but he had these crunchy teeth. And his dad was probably the most, the most honest, solid person I met in my freaking life. He had five girls, five girls and one boy, four girls and one boy. It's Debbie, it's Debbie, Debbie. I think it's five. There's five in general. Five in general. And he's the type of person like this. Like if he saw you outside working, I remember one time we're sitting there and they would move Steve in back from college. Like our freshman and sophomore year, we'd always go back home. He would go back to New York or go back to back to the Netherlands. And then uh we would we meet back up when you move back into campus. So when you move back in there's moving days. So we run into Steve, we say what up, we we're staying at the same we're staying at the same the same dorm room before we went to like live off on campus, but it was at Jarvis Hall. And Steve's asked, Jared, you ready? So we would always go to Cracker Barrel and get a, and it, like, he wouldn't even, he would pay for it straight up. And I remember one time this parking attendant is sweating real hard. 
He's parking attendant, sweating real hard. And Steve's dad goes, hey, uh, we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for holding the spot. We're about to go to Cracker Barrel. Let me know what you want. And the guy's like, what? He goes, "Do you, if you wanna, we're going to Cracker Barrel. What you want? Let us know what you know. We're going to get you something. I promise. And he goes, let me get a... Let me get a mashed potatoes, whatever you order. So he didn't think because we were gone for like an hour and a half. We come back. Dude's still there. And Steve's dad gives him this bag and goes, hey, I got you Cracker Barrel. And all of a sudden the guy looks and he's shocked that Papa Stan gave him stuff. Next, you know, he just he's all of a sudden now he becomes a preacher. He goes, you know what God told me about you two? The way God (laughs) and Steve's mom's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. So April, April, Steve, Andre, my boy Andre texts and goes, Steve's dad's in the hospital. I uh, hit up Steve, and I hit up his mother and asked what happened. And she goes, he left. Uh, Papa Stan, he's been, he retired from, I forgot the other job he did retire, and he's working again. I think he's almost retired from two jobs. So he be, he was doing uh, his New York City uh, traffic, New York City traffic. You know, he's retiring, you know, he's retired, but at the same time still working. Just, you know, he enjoys working. And uh, she said that Steve, she said that Stan, uh, he, was, he came down with something and he went to the hospital and they sent him back home. And then he said he couldn't breathe, so he went in the hospital. And I just thought, you know, I thought he was just going for a checkup. And he was in the hospital for a month and he passed away a couple of days ago. And it was just, it just freaking sucks, man. I know I'm never going to feel it the way my dog Steve is going to feel it. Steve just lost his father. Steve is... He has three kids. These three kids just lost their grandparents. And the saddest part, I was talking to Steve on the phone, and his daughter is maybe five, and she's up, she's crying, and she goes, uh, and she goes, where's Grandpa again? And Stephen goes, do you remember where Grandpa is? And she says, just as cute as she can be, she goes, he passed out. And he goes, no, Grandpa passed away. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, he's in heaven now, so you can't see him anymore. And that just, that effed me up, you know, that effed me up. Because you never think, you would never think that this man, that I literally, Thanksgivings, Christmases, like this was my my home away from home, like uh, in New York, no one ever had to, like when I would leave for the summer, Steve would watch my car and move it around for me. And then whenever I need something, I had to run, go out of town, do out of town gigs. He was like, hey, leave your car. It was just, that's the type of people they are. They're the type of people that open your homes. My boy Andre, uh, my boy Cam, Cam Bertrand's brother, before he passed away, he goes, hey, man, I'm in upstate New York. Can I come for Thanksgiving? I was like, F, yeah, you wanna, I'm going to my dog Steve's. He goes, yeah. He just opens his home to my, my boy, my, my boy, my boy, my boy Andre comes in. And he's six foot seven, eating all the food with playing spades. That's the type of person he was. I remember, and he was a disciplinary too. He loved his kids. I remember one time, it was maybe 2008. 2008 or 2009 it has to be 2009 because I was like dibbling I always wanted to do stand-up so I was doing like sketches in college and doing you know hosting different shows but it wasn't pure stand-up so Steve goes why don't you come to New York New York is like full of comedy this is like when I'm like 19 20 I think I'm 20 at the time so I go out there 21 I, don't, I forgot I got to Google I don't remember I got the I remember got the video and Steve's sister at the time knew this comic named John Lasser John Lasser pretty much top comic in New York City, and he was the first person to ever gave me stage time because Steve's sister knew him, and they're like my boy in college. So I go to New York, and I'm nervous as F. I finally do the show, I do well. I do I didn't do well, I did okay. For someone's first time, I did okay, got laughs, stuff like that, but you can tell the older comics are like, we know where these jokes are coming, but keep getting on stage. If you wanna get better, keep getting on. Best advice I got. And then 
Steve goes, well, let's keep partying. So we do Thanksgiving. So Steve comes over with friend Nisha, everything else. We playing cards, having a good time for Thanksgiving. And <laughs> and Steve's dad goes, all right, I got this big bottle of Hennessy. That's my bottle. That's my personal bottle. So Steve goes, we're going to hang out with Nisha and her friends. We go over there. We're in Brooklyn hanging out this, this uh, what do you call it? This brownstone apartment, beautiful apartment. Next, you know, Steve's dad goes, make sure you guys come back around 3 or come at a decent hour because we got to get up in the morning and drive back to North Carolina. So we're leaving at 6 a.m. And Steve and I get back at 5.45 in the morning. Steve takes his dad's big bottle of Hennessy, big bottle of Hennessy, big bottle of Hennessy. They're drinking and stuff. And then Steve had to get back home. And Steve's like, Jared, I need you to drive. I didn't have a license. And I was like, F, I can't drive. I guess you got to drive. Very not responsible. This is like we're super young. So his his house is literally like a block away, which is not excusable. So this has happened 12, 14 years ago. And then Steve's dad comes downstairs, and he goes, Steven, first of all, I knew something was wrong when my Hennessy bottle was missing. Because <laughs> Andrea's with us. And he goes, and you got Jarrett with you. They just waiting to lock up two dudes like you, trying to party too hard. The cops will make an example out of you. You got to be smart, son. And he took that whole time to have a life moment with Steve. He was like, I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I want you to ride in the car with me. So, like, we drove, and he waited. Because Steve was supposed to drive ha- halfway to North Carolina, but he was too he was too hungover. And his dad talked to both of us. Because I was like, man, I hope this Jamaican don't spank me, too. And uh, he talked to both of us, and he talked to Steve about, like, being responsible. Like, Steve, you're a black man, and you can't make these silly mistakes. Yeah, nobody was around, but someone could have been around and caught you slipping. I can look in your eyes and see that you're kind of buzzed right now. I don't think Steve was drunk. He's like buzz. He's like little dazed and stuff like that. But uh, that's the type of dude Stan was. He'll take the time, play with his grandkids. Uh, there was, there was, so, man, there was so many freaking memories of, of Papa Stan. Jared, Jared, how many shows? Let me know when the show. Let me know when is the show. I'm coming. Let me know when it's coming. So he had long dreadlocks, and he cut his dreadlocks and became bald. So, yo, prayers up for all the, the whole Henderson family, man, because that's like, yo, he was like my, my second pops, man. He nothing... Always took care of me, so man, that's that's the that's the that's the depressing part, the sucky part of Corona. The next part of Corona that'll f you up is when you're looking at your life and wondering, like, freak, who am I? You know, like you know who you are, but like, what the freak is stopping you from going to that next level? I was talking to my talking to my old lady, and we we're talking about vision. Like, what's your vision? I, we said like sometimes in life that sometimes in life we go throughout life and we're looking through the wrong vision, meaning that some of us have 20-40 vision, 20-80, You know, it depends what type of vision you have, depending if you're nearsighted, farsighted, excuse me. But if you're 20-20, that's considered perfect vision. So I think sometimes in life you're going to get those feelings where you're around friends or you're around groups of people and you feel like, yo, F, I don't feel comfortable in these environments that I used to be comfortable with. And it's cool to feel that way. It's cool to feel that way. It's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you as a person have grown. You as a person and all your relationships are just like being your eye tested. You were probably, you grew up in a situation where you're 2070 vision, meaning that you're from the same environment that they grew up in. You guys had the same goals, but all of a sudden you got a pair of glasses and realize, oh, no, no, this is what my vision should look like. No, I don't have to be confined to this blurred vision of life. This is what I should be looking like. And I think sometimes when you get that that epiphany that this is my clear vision you try to put the glasses that you have on for somebody else and that's the problem i think sometimes in life that we're trying to put our our 20 to what's perfect for us on somebody else when someone else is cool being blurred like no, i don't need glasses i'm cool like this 
nah, 2070 is perfect for me. I don't need to be looking at what you're looking at. This is perfect. I, this is this is the house, the everything I'm else that I'm inside. So like different visions, man. I've been approached by somebody like do TikTok videos. And I feel like a freaking fraud doing it. But f, I'm like, you know what? Let me get out of my way and try something different. You know, let me try something different. Like when you think about these podcasts, it's just like, yo, everyone has a freaking podcast. What the freak is yours? Like it, I don't know why I was, I was trying to trying to convey some type of emotion, but I wasn't agreeing. Like, when you think about these podcasts, like, a, you read, like, Joe Rogan's got 100 million, you think about yourself, and you're like, how do you, what freak do you think you're so special, Jared Waters? What is different about your podcast that not different than anything else? And how to think about it, well, I think that my podcast is a time capsule of life. You know, it's not a money-making podcast, it's not this, it's not that. It's like, yo, this is something that I want to do. And I have to be cool being cool in the silence, you know, I haven't did stand-up in dang near two months. The last, I was doing stand-up the day before they shut New York City down. And stand-up doesn't make me, it doesn't make who I am. But I do miss that part. I miss the part of like, yo, I was a freaking stand-up comic in New York City. I left Florida, I left all this stuff, and I've freaking been at it for almost dang near four years in the city. You know, and then people hit me like, Jerry, you should move back to Tampa, move back to Tampa. With uh, well, we're doing stand up out here. We're back to normal. I was like, I'm not going backwards in life. You know, I feel like Lot's wife. You know, back in, if you were in the Bible stories, they're all pressing forward, and Lot's wife turned around. That's when she turned into a stone, turned into a pillar of salt. Excuse me. So it gets inside your head, man. It gets inside your head. Like, did I make the right move? And I'm just like, dang, I had to postpone my wedding. That's another depressive spot. I'm just, I'm effed up about that. And like, dang, I should have been married already. Why the freak am I not married right now? Like, of course, we're going to get the paperwork. But like that wedding was, I was ready, man. So all that stuff hits you. Dang, you the, the postpone the wedding, postpone the celebration. Boom, your lady should be here right now. Boom, you're quarantined alone. And I do love being alone. But sometimes at these times, like, I don't want my woman to be alone right now. Like, she deserves to be around the two-time wrestling champion. Depression, depression, depression. We are depressed. Depression, depression, depression. Hey, we are depressed. I was talking to one of my uh, one of my boys, G-double-O to the D-I-E. I talked to him dang near once a week. He's unofficially our, well, he's our producer of this podcast. And uh, he scores movies, he makes music, uh, and we're talking about relationships. And we're talking about past relationships, uh, wondering how, like, not scarred we are. I wouldn't say scarred, but how, I was telling him, I was like, you got to think about, it's crazy that how our young relationships affect how we see older rela- adult relationships now. Because I remember being, freak, I remember, like, seeing, like, teens living, like, Living like adults, you know what I mean? We all went to Yokota Air Force Base. I lived in the Netherlands. So a lot of people with, like, these young relationships were living like adults. I remember we we broke into a, a, a tower, and these high school kids turned these towers, these are abandoned towers, into full-fledged apartments. People were living, literally moving in with their girlfriends and living like spouses. So, of course, when you get older, you're going to feel like, hey, how come I'm not treated like that? Wait, how come my family's not? This is crazy. This is a random topic, but I was just thinking about that. And I was thinking about myself. I was like, yo, Jerry, you got all these ideas. Look at my freaking wall. I got nothing but jokes all over my wall. I got movies. I got scripts. I got everything else. Mother effort, push that thing out, bro. Push that out. I'm thinking of the movie. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, the movie. Uh, you know it's hard out here for a pimp. 
When you trying to get this money for the rent. Oh, uh, what, what the freak is that movie called? Whoop that trick. Get a whoop that trick. Hustle and flow. Hustle and flow. It was hustle and flow, man. This is one of my favorite scenes, and that's what I, I take the life. I'm a movie dude. Like, I quote movies all the time. It's my, my, one of my favorite, my favorite scenes with Terrence Howard. Here we go. the curse words i don't i don't curse at all so people curse for me but that's my part when he said hey push that out mate you gotta push it out mate a dog ain't like a man there boss dog might look pretty and do everything else but you gotta push that stuff out man i'm looking at all these freaking goals on my freaking on my wall right now like yo j-rad you gotta push that out how many times you thought about this script but freaking ain't done it so i was like dang and there's quarantine i wrote a pilot i could write seven right now what the freak is wrong with you j-rad so I had to get out of this depressive state. Depression, depression, depression. Why are depressed? We are depressed. It's freaking depressed, man. It was just like, you know, you're not having an emotional breakdown, but sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, yo, why the F aren't you where you're supposed to be right now? You're talking about, Jerry, you need time. Well, God, I, oh God, you granted me two months worth of time. Let's push it out, baby. And if you don't know how to do something, here comes Google, here comes YouTube. Look up and find it. So what's my vision like? If I want to be 2020, I got to put on these 2020 glasses. Some people are born 2015 vision, meaning that you see better than the obvious. That's what my eyesight is. But yeah, man, shout out. Depression, depression, depression. We are depressed. Hey, depression, depression, depression. Hey, we are depressed. Okay, so uh, this is a different episode, but we're going to do it. Uh, let's uh, let's see what's happening in the world. Takashi six nine is a strange transition, but you know I just had to, you know I saw this podcast. Says I'm alone with my own thoughts. Uh, before we go to current events, we got a lot of great podcast episodes. My f- good friend uh, Miss Davini Gardner. I have a beautiful podcast with her. She just has she's um she's pregnant. We talked about her pregnancy. Uh, my boy, actually my friend Lauren Brown. We talked about her being diagnosed with schizophrenia. We talked about that. This Friday, I got my man, J.J. Donahue, me and him, that's my little brother. I got him on, coming on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's what's happening next. Depression, 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 we are depressed. Before we get to current events, uh, last night, I had a, a, Zoom, a Zoom conference call with my family. And it felt so good. Like, I remember growing up, you know, me and my, my cousins were very close. I think my cousins... Me and my brother are very young, so my cousins were like teenagers. Like, they were more like teenagers, and we were in like, not like, but I was in like elementary school. But I remember, you know, always after church, we go to my grandmother's house, we cook food, we laugh and play. 
And my cousin Richard was like, you know, I want my kids to know who you guys are. That freaking never hit me, you know what I mean? It hit me that, you know, I know their kids, but, you know, I, everyone's spread across the world. Most of them are based in North Carolina. And my cousin Lashana, she said something. She was, you know, tearing up a little bit. And she goes, it's sad that you guys don't know who my kids are. And I was like, F, man. And, you know, her kids, you know, they're mad young. And I guess, you know, I, you know this is my first, my second cousin's like, man, I should, they should know who I am. They should know the man from the sun. So I want to. I'm challenging myself better to reach out to my baby cousins. And be like, "Yo, it's, I'm I'm your cousin Jared Waters," and uh, oh, let's let's talk, man. Let's bond. You know, it might be weird, you know, but f it. You know, we're family, and I'm big, so big on family. I am so big on family, and I was like, I have to reach out to the next generation of my family. I talked to my dear cousin Damion, and we talked for like. We talked for over an hour. We talked for over an hour. I. I feel bad recording conversations, but I did because I was like, you never know when you're going to talk to these people again. So we talked over an hour about her life and, you know, uh, let me break that down for you. I, I, we might not even get to current events today because I feel like when you're alone with yourself, you could p- strip layers about yourself. Uh, I'll go to my father's side of the family. My father is one of 10, one of, I think he's one of nine, but his father is one of 16. So my great great grandmother, she had sixteen kids. She had eight with one man, eight with another man. And that's what that's shout out to my great great grandfather because he waited for this woman to have a set of eight kids and then he slid in. That's a real man to take care of a woman, all these kids. Because I would have been like, <laughs> right. So first set of them were Merles, the second set were Waters, right? So I'm the last set of my gr- my grandmother, Margie Waters, and she changed her name and she had the Waters. But her first set of kids were the Merles. Now. So th- I know the Waters, but growing up, I would hear, hear about the Merles, and my dad would tell me stories about the Merles, like, effing, I'm just going to find them myself. So I found out my grandfather's brother, George, his wife lived, he was dead at the time, or he's still dead, uh, his wife lived in Greenville, North Carolina, in this nursing home, or assistant living. So I went, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go over there and find her. So I go over there, I'd call her, she would hang up. She's like, who is this? I was this is Jared Waters. Who? I was like, Jared Waters. I don't know who you is, baby. And then she'd hang up the phone. So I was like, man, Aunt Anna, would you just freaking answer the phone? So then I called, hey, before you hang up, you know Abraham Waters? She goes, yeah. I said, you know his son Esau Waters? Yeah. I said, well, I'm his son Jared Waters. Oh, okay, baby. Well, come over. You are, Come on. You going to come over? And I was like, well, uh, yeah, I'll come. So I come during Mother's Day, and then I meet all of her kids. I met all these beautiful, these beautiful red bones and dark skin. Most of them are light, but I was like, I got all these light people over here. These beautiful dark skin, some of them dark skin like me, and I meet this whole family of people, and they just embrace them. So I'm making my business to keep up with them. We always link up. But I was like, man, I've missed that second wave. You know, these are my baby cousins. They should know who I am, you know. Depression, depression, depression. We are depressed. So news to Kashi69, uh, infamous rap lord or wherever he is. Uh, number three album and uh, number three song on the Billboard charts. Uh, Takashi, you you know the reason why I find this interesting because he's he put these if you don't know I uh, he was he pretty much he wanted he was a troll pretty much he trolled his whole life he was big on Vine and people told him you should start rapping so he started rapping but he knew he's a visionary that's what I will say he's a visionary because he knew gangster rap has to be really really gangster. So he pretended to be a blood. Well, he bought into the blood family. So he passed out all these red flags and everything else and met these bloods. Like, hey, I want to rep the gang. And it's like, okay, we'll put you part of the Trey Nine Bloods. And pretty much the blood split. 
the blood split. I've been doing a lot of research, the blood split. They had one set of bloods with Shadi in them, and they had another set of bloods that wanted them. So Takashi was always switching crews because he didn't know, you know, he didn't know gang territory. So one dude's like, look, I trust you. I'm going to take care of you because when you bring gang members around, you got to feed the wolves. So he wasn't feeding the wolves. He was feeding half of the wolves and not paying the other half. So all these other dudes inside the Trey Nine Bloods, they were like, F this, you know what I mean? So all of a sudden, when Takashi started making more money, realizing that, you know, you got to pay a fee. You got to pay the toll. You just can't be repping this gang and not doing anything for the gang. So he started getting security and pretty much fired him. But the thing about it is, his DJ, his name is DJ Punch, was there for everything. He goes, I know he wasn't a, a real gangster, but he was a master of deception. And, like, I was trying to understand his snitching, you know what I mean? I tried to understand it, but, like, w- this guy broke it down to me. He goes, you can't, you can't reason with him for telling on somebody when he orchestrated everything. Like, you were putting hits out on people. These gang members were risking their lives because you were talking smack and you were out here trolling people and stuff like that. So a lot of these dudes, you put the spotlight on them. Yeah, they were doing bad crimes. Yes, we get that. But you were the one encouraging the racketeering. You were the one bringing attention to them. So, okay, you rap. Okay, good. But to call your former gang members dirty, dirty people when, like, you grew up in the same apartment in Brooklyn as they did, <coughs> calling them grimy, saying, are they disloyal to you because they slept with your baby mother? Yeah, that was effed up. Yeah, of course. But was that disloyal that you 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 were repping something that you are not of? You don't, who joins a gang at 23 years old? Like, you kind of were late in life joining a gang. You know, like, who 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 pledges Alpha Phi Alpha when you're 48 years old? My brother, you should have did this in college or in a grad school. What are you doing now? No shout out, no shot to Alpha Phi Alpha. That's just the fraternity I can think of. You know, who pledges a fraternity that late in life? So as DJ says that, you know, Takashi has a lot of the crimes that we don't talk about. Takashi, when he took that plea deal, in the plea deal they said that they would erase the domestic, char- domestic assault charges. He, like, broke his baby mother's face he punched her lip he punched her eye and did all this stuff and like people keep sweeping that under the rug that he beat his baby mother up like he accused her of cheating on him but they were never together because he's with other people and he beat her up in dubai and no one talks about it because it happened in dubai but like yo that's not cool my brother well you're not my brother you know snitches but like who am i to call some, you know you know snitches or whatever but, uh, yeah, that's effed up. You know what I mean? I think people don't forget about everything else. But he's he's great at spinning the narrative. And it's funny because all the, the former gang members, I don't like speaking on gang stuff because I'm not a part of a gang, you know. It's funny that everyone else everyone, everyone else was just like, well, everyone else was just like, well, um, freak, we we don't even know where the other girl came from, his new girl now. Like, they met, he met two months before he got to prison. So they just said he was he was just a kid that wanted girls, man. He got money and he's trying to get all the stuff he doesn't deserve. So that was Takashi Six Nine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he met her two months before he went to jail. So like, wh- like, what are you really doing? Uh, rest in peace to Shad Shad Gaspard Gaspard. He was a wrestler, part of the infamous group Crime Time. He drowned in a beach, and it's freaking sad. It's sa- it's always sad when you look. He died saving his son. His son was, they went out to the water and the current dragged him. And he told the told the lifeguard, pretty much saved my son. And his body washed up the shore a couple of days later. It sucks that he had to die that way. But at the same time, it's just like, dude, you can't, you, can, you don't blame anybody for death. But, you know, you, if, if his wife 
could take it back. She would ask him, stay inside, man. You like, don't need to be at the beach. You don't need to be swimming. You don't. We need this a virus out here. But it's so sad. And what's sad is the, the GoFundMe. I think the worst part about, like, death. I'm scared of death. But, like, I would never want to die and leave my family a, a you know what I mean? The GoFundMe's hurt so bad, man. Because sometimes you feel like, oh, were they hurting while they were alive? You know what I mean? I remember this comic died. And they put a GoFundMe to pay his bills and everything else. And I'm just like, man, it sucks to know that you were, you know, that you were hurting out here. Like, we could have helped you while you were here. Like, now we're helping you in death. And now you can't, only your family can benefit off of it. <sighs> depression, depression, depression. We are depressed. Uh, we're going to get out of here with this. Joe Biden. <laughs> the freak is he doing? Oh, man, Joe Biden. What the freak, Joe Biden? Joe Biden says, if you don't vote for me, let me tell you something. You ain't black. <laughs> Joe Biden said, to all the people in the world, Joe Biden is running for the presidency. It is May. It's Memorial Day. Oh, freak, we didn't even talk about that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Here we go. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. What the freak are you doing, Joe Biden? Like, what in the F? are you doing like who what the freak are you doing brother and the crazy thing about joe biden is joe biden is just making people who are undecided stay undecided i think that donald trump is going to win by a lot this time he's going to win by a lot because first of all i think people just don't like joe biden i think a lot of people are going to stay home and not vote and they're going to protest the vote hillary clinton lost a lot of voters because people just didn't like her you know the only way to take it to Donald Trump is to actually take it to him, you know? Donald Trump is in the game now where he's playing uh in wrestling we do it we do this thing where you're when someone's riding you on the top at the bottom, you're waiting for a mistake and once you're waiting for a mistake you catch him, right? So the only thing Donald Trump has is play like Floyd Mayweather and just play defense because Joe Biden is gonna put his food on his put put his foot in his mouth. The dude's a, he's a creepy old dude, his hair plugs are weird. And it's just like we, you did a lot of bad stuff, Joe, like these these crime bills that you enforce. And it's just like he just always was the dude that talked a lot. And I think he just had, needs to stop trying to make, stop trying to be funny and just go straight at Donald Trump. Because obviously, yeah, you can beat him. You could beat him. But I think that people just don't like you as a person. I feel like people like Bernie Sanders, they like other people. It depends who he picks as a vice president. But I personally believe it doesn't matter who he picks as a vice president. He's probably still going to lose because I think there's not more Trump supporters than anybody else, but there's a group of people who just aren't going to vote at all. They're just going to sit it out. And there's going to be a group of people who vote for Bernie Sanders during presidential election. There's going to be a group of people who vote for these nuts because they did that last election. Uh, yeah, so it's not Memorial Day. Memorial Day is actually tomorrow, but I would like to say uh, happy Memorial Day to everyone out there barbecuing or or spending time with your family, Plebly, hopefully you're doing it, social distancing and stuff like that. If you didn't know, Memorial Day is to commemorate all the fallen troops that fell inside serving our country and military personnel. So it's it's a it's a day to pay homage to all the people that put on that uniform. My father put on the uniform. He didn't die, but he put on the uniform. I have so many friends that are in the military. My dude, Camp Coop, I think he's a captain now. My boy, Sasha Miller. He's a captain, uh, my homie from college, Desiree Colbert. I can just name, who else? My girl, Amy Lopez. So many, who else do I know? Uh, boy, Carlos Notoriani. All the people that I know who serve. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. 
Thank you for serving. Thank you for serving our country. Uh, fun fact, uh, Memorial Day used to be called, it actually used to be called uh, Declaration Day to celebrate the Union and Confederate soldiers that lost their lives during the American Civil War. Then after a while, it became a memorial for everybody else. Then in 1967, it was considered Memorial Day. Just some fun facts. So yeah, this is me. This is me. Like, F it. You know, this is my podcast. I'm going to do whatever the wherever the F I'm doing, I told myself it's a time, it's a time stamp of life. Like if someone ever grabbed me like, yo, Jared, what were you doing in 2020 this day? I was like, yo, listen to my podcast. It's a, a time capsule of emotions, a time capsule of events, a time capsule. And if you like the time capsule, freaking like, subscribe. And if you don't, F it, don't listen. No, actually do listen. If you don't even like it, just still listen. F it, you know. Uh, this is Jerry Waters, two-time wrestling champ. I'm signing off. Uh, depression, depression, depression. We are depressed. <laughs>